Welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Um, I was talking with him earlier this week because he said, right, Dan, I want you to preach. And I was like, do I have to? Um, if you're new to the church, you've probably never seen me preach. The last time I actually had to do this uh, was in 2018, uh, January. So, and I talked about you are not a cow. So, you know, it's a, it's a good title. I always like to have uh, interesting titles. I'm sure um, Richard will be scribbling away while I talk with some good uh, examples, and then I'll probably put a right, a left hook in there to go, let's call it this instead. Um, so, yeah, it's not my preferred thing. I like hiding at the back behind my fortress. I like hiding behind the drum kit. I like standing at the back with my electric guitar. I don't like being at the front. Uh, but he's like, no, I want you to do it. I was like, fine. I will submit. I'll do as you say. Begrudgingly. <laughs> so I was making a quick checklist of what do you need to do when you do a preach. And I was like, right, you need to t- tell a bad joke. So I think I kind of covered those. There's been a few laughs. And I was looking through. You need to make sure the band have a really good time, worship time, because that sets you up well. So boom, that's sorted. Excellent. And then this one really confused me. It says, take the mick out of Ron. It just seems to be a reoccurring trait. Uh, so, you know, um, but, but we'll see. I might put that one in later. Maybe I'll need to fail one of these, you know? Um, but, yeah. <laughs> so I was chatting with Paul, and he said, uh, I want you to do an encouraging word and an equipping word. Right? So I was like, okay, I, I can do that. Not my style. But, okay, yeah. Um, so my, here in my heart in this, I want this to be encouragement and I want this to be equipping. Today I want you to go away with tools that you could apply to this Lent period that we're hitting into. Okay? So we're heading into Lent and Brian's got this awesome leaflet that he's going to come up and talk to. Some of you got it in your shares, uh, which is talking about what we're going to be doing as a church through this period. Uh, and it looks really exciting. Um, and the thing that God really put on me uh, about Lent was the whole putting on Christ that was touched on last week. And it was kind of flipping it on his head and going, okay, the tradition of Lent is giving something up. We've all done it, I'm sure, in the past. And you kind of go, all right, I'm not going to have this, or I'm not going to eat, or I'm going to fast, or I'm not going to have social media, or I'm going to do this instead of this. And God was really challenging me and going, actually, that's not the important part. The important part is putting me on. And actually, you don't need to give anything up, really, as long as you're adding something of me. Um, which was interesting for me, because uh, quite a lot of you know, and if you don't, I'm really into cycling. Uh, I do a lot of cycling. And at the moment, I'm working out regularly on a morning, uh, trying to up my speed, my, the, my power output, how far I can go, how long I can go, uh, lose a bit of weight, you know, it's always good. Um, So for me, fasting isn't really an option because I need to eat because I'm outputting so much energy in the mornings and I have a very physical job. If I I actually fasted, I'd probably collapse because my (laughs) calorie deficit would be so high, it would be really unhealthy for me. So if you're looking at this period when Brian comes up later thinking, oh, I'm not sure I can do that, I will hold my hand up and say, I'm not going to be fasting. Okay? Because for me, in my situation is not the right thing to do. And actually, my focus is going to be, what am I putting on? How am I putting Christ on? Instead of giving up, what am I adding? Um, So I was having a look through the Bible and having a look at the origins of Lent and all that kind of stuff. And it's really interesting. At Christmas, Pastor Paul was talking about the number 42 a lot, and he mentioned loads of different references uh, about 42. 
And would you believe it? The, word, the number 40 comes up in the Bible loads. Uh, a couple of examples I grabbed was uh, he uh, destroyed the earth and brought 40 days of, and nights of rain. 40 days again. In Hebrews, uh, they had to travel through the wilderness for 40 years. Moses fasted for 40 days before he received the Ten Commandments. And obviously the one that most of us will recognize because it's been heavily linked to Lent is that Jesus spent 40 days fasting in the wilderness. Um, and the word Lent, I was looking it up and kind of trying to find the origins, you know, kind of going, oh, let's get some Greek in there, let's get some Hebrew. And then I looked at the pronunciations of the words, and I was like, yeah, no, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> but interesting tidbit for you, it's tracked back to 325 AD. Uh, there's a big, long, complicated name, which I'm not going to tell you because I can't say it. So that's a nice project on Google for you later. Um, and the actual, for us in England, with the word Lent, it's an old English word that means lengthening. Um, and the reason we have it at this period of time is because it's, a, it's observing spring and when the days become longer. Which I thought was really interesting. It's just an interesting fact. It has no relevance to Bible or anything. But I was like, oh, that's why Lent's now. Because I was like, well, why is it in this period? Um, but there you go. So, nice little thing. So, funny story for you. Uh, whenever me and Gemma preach, we always like to bring our children into it because they are our life, so that's our experiences. Elle, my oldest daughter, is wonderful. She's amazing. She really got the, behind the whole idea of Lent. She was like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want, I want to go. I wanna, I'm going to give this up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Like, okay, okay, okay. What are you gonna... So she decided that for Lent, she was going to give up sugar and she was going to give up uh, electronics, so TV, her Game Boy, stuff like that. Like, are you sure? That, that's a lot. Like, you have sugar virtually every day. Uh, you use your Game Boy, or you might watch TV every other day, at least every week. But she's like, no, no, I want to do that. I said, okay, that's fine, but what are you putting on? And, she, and so we talked about it, and she's reading her Bible at nighttime. Before she gets to bed, she's having half an hour, have a little read, because she loves to read. And I was like, well, let's focus it towards this then uh, and see how that works. Day one, she goes to school. She comes back out of school. And she's like, Daddy, Daddy, I didn't have dessert at school. I didn't have any pudding. I'm like, well done. That's amazing. Well done. Then it gets to dinner time. Gets to pudding time. The other two get given a biscuit. You could, just, you could see those logging eyes. <laughs> the other two then get the iPad out and start watching something. Slowly leaning over. It's like, oh, do you want a biscuit? She's like, yeah, I, I don't want to do that. I said, okay, that's fine. You can have a biscuit. Um, do you want to watch some TV? Yeah, yeah, I want to watch some TV. Okay, go watch some TV. That's great. I then do all the bedtime routine that night. Get ruined. Obviously, Jem does a lot of it. So go into her room. She's reading her Bible. So I didn't care at all that she'd failed on the giving up part because she'd done the putting on part. And actually, that's the bit that's important. <laughs> putting Christ in is the bit that we care about. It's okay that she has a biscuit. Uh, any of you that know my kids, that me and Jem are quite strict on sweets and things, so they have a lot less than quite a lot of kids have a standard anyway. Um, so it's actually fine that they're having a biscuit. So I was thinking about this, and I was like, well, how do we put success, and how do we succeed at putting on Christ? Because it's all, it's all right us standing at the front and saying, oh, you need to put on Christ, you need to put on Christ. And kind of go, well, how are we going to do that? And what skills do I have to be able to do that? 
Um, and that's what leads me back into my cycling, interestingly enough. Because it's a bit like my working out. How do I succeed at that? And how do I keep motivated? January, obviously, is the big, oh, everybody get fit. Gym's always skyrocketing memberships. And everyone's like, yeah, I'm going to lose weight this year. And then by February, everyone's kind of given up. And like, yeah, come down. So, well, how do we move that kind of excitement at the start into a long-term habit, if you will? Um, and I was looking through how my workouts did, because I'm using a program, and I was like, well, actually, there's all specific goals and strategies in this. It's not you need to lose five stone. That's obviously unrealistic. Um, it's not this massive number of you've got to do this or you've got to ride 10,000 miles in the next four months, because it's just not obtainable. It's just a huge number and a massive goal. It's just like, well, I'm never going to get there. You might as well give up before you start. It's all split down into small little achievements, small little goals that you can do. Even when I'm in the middle of a workout, it's not, right, you've got to work out for an hour and a half, go. It's one minute, two minute, three minute, four minute sections. Right, you've now got a two minute rest period. Now you've got a five minute intensive, go, go, go. And it's, it's, like, it's this all broken up into these little goals. So when I'm, I'm cycling now and I'm starting to get really tired, I can look at my clock and be like, no, I've only got 10 seconds left. Come on, let's push, let's push, let's push, let's push. Right, now I can rest because I've met the goal. And once you've got that kind of attainable goals, it became so, so much easier, especially my workout stuff, uh, to achieve it rather than kind of just having this open-ended goal of, say, for putting on guard, you might say, I'm going to pray more. Okay, well, that's kind of a big thing. When are you going to pray more? How are you going to pray more? What are you going to pray for? If you, that's your target, oh, I'm going to pray more, you, you're not going to meet it because vagueness is just going to spell doom for you. I was looking up in the Bible because I was like, that's a really cool statement, but has it got any uh, benefit in the Bible? And actually it does, so I was really excited. Uh, in Ephesians 5, uh, 17 to 19, it says, Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless, but firmly grasp what, will, what is the will of the Lord. How amazing is that? They're actually saying, don't do something willy-nilly. Don't do something with this bizarre objective that's somewhere in the ether. Have a target, have a goal, and meet it. Make it tiny. If you don't really pray on a daily basis, don't suddenly say, right, I'm going to pray for two hours every day. You're not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. Now, if you pray an hour and a half every day, and you've been doing that for years... Probably bumping it up to two hours isn't that hard for you. But if you're someone that's not, why not make it five minutes? Because five minutes of direct activity that you're focusing on is going to be far more powerful than an hour of you getting distracted and being like, mm, da, da, mm, yeah. you being there for like, right, I'm here for five minutes. Even having a clock there with a countdown on. A bit like I say with my workout. Right, I've got 30 seconds left. Right, let's make these 30 seconds count. Romans 4, it says, It is clear that you live in Christ Jesus, he who was raised from the dead, so that now you might live a life that fulfills God's purpose for you, not simply obeying a set of religious laws. When you died with Christ, you died to religious laws. You are now united with him and in his risen life. Now, I wonder if you guys grasp what part of that Scripture jumped out to me when I read it. I'll read it again, and I'll emphasize the words that really hit me. It is clear that you live in Christ Jesus, 
he who was raised from the dead, so that now you might have life that fulfills God's purpose for you. That's what the focus was. Yes, we've got Christ, but we're all unique. God has a purpose for us, an individual. I'm going to keep linking this whole preach back to workouts because that's what I'm doing at the moment. Um, but when you go to do workouts, you have to tailor them to yourself. There's no point me saying, oh, look, there's Dwayne Johnson and he's the rock, big, muscly guy. Right, I'm going to do his workout. Because we're completely different individuals. We're completely different body types. He's massively ripped. I am not. So I doubt I'm going to be able to do the workout that he does on a daily basis. We've got to tailor what we're doing to ourselves, to our situations. And I think we've got to tailor that putting on Christ. What works for someone isn't going to work for us. Tailor it to you. Set an achievable goal that you know you can reach. Because once you set yourself up to succeed, you can succeed again. And that's going to give you the encouragement to do it again and keep going. Because if we set ourselves up to win, it's going to be easier to win next time. If we set ourselves up to lose, we're going to lose easier next time as well because it'll be, well, it defeated me last time. I can't do that. Well, I can't, I can't get up this hill. This hill's too steep for me. It, and it's just not going to work because it's so much more mental. I've got uh, some fun numbers for you. Some of you might be interested in these or not. Uh, in cycling, <clears throat> we have something called FTP. And your FTP is your functional threshold power. So it's how many watts of power you can output on a bike over an hour. Okay? So mine is 176 watts. It's rubbish. That's not good at all. Okay? Like your pros, they're hitting like 300 easily. Uh, the world record one hour power challenge, I think he averaged 446 watts for the hour, something like that. Look at Elka to see if she knows. Um, I should have written that fact down. So a lot. So that is, if you were going flat out for an hour, I mean, you're going to collapse at the end of that. That's, that's, but it's the, what we use to gauge all our workouts because it gives you these different zones you can work in. So you've got your rest zone, which is 85 watts for me. So that is the speed that I warm my legs up in the morning, I cool my legs down after a workout, and it's also the speed that I recover at. So if I've done something really labor-intensive, I'm breathing hard, drop down to 85 watts, a couple of minutes, boom, I'm ready to go again. You've got zone one, so that's your easy poodling along speed. I should be able to do it all day long, which is 115 watts for me. Uh, not a problem. Do, 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 do. Just keep going. No worries. It's not too hard. I can hold a normal conversation. Then you go to zone two where you start working a bit, 140 watts. So this is where your breathing starts to get a little bit more. You can probably still hold a conversation, but you're going to stop every now and then just to have a quick breathe. Zone three, getting harder now. This is when you're starting to get labored. So it's 160 watts for me. So you're probably going to stop chatting to your mate if you're out on a ride, if you're riding at that kind of speed, because you're starting to work out, your legs are starting to feel it. Zone four, now this is where you're talking heavy breathing. So this is 180 watts for me. Uh, this is where your legs start to really kind of start to sing, and you can really feel the burn, especially if you're on an uphill climb. And then zone five, that's your all out. That is, there is nothing. You, the only thing you can see is dots. Uh, in terms of power, power output, uh, that's 200 watts for me. Um, and that really hurts. Really, really hurts. So, but these numbers are really useful for when I'm working out because I can gauge what I'm going to do. So it will, say, it will say to me, right, today we're going to work at 80% of your FTP. 
or today you're going to be doing intervals up to 115% of your FTP, and I'll go, oh, dear, that's going to hurt. Um, but those little things and those little targets and those little training things are what are helping me get better and better and better. Those little stretches into zone five us pushing up to 200 watts. That's way above what I can ride at. But because I'm extending and stretching myself, it's going to then bring everything else up slowly. It's going to strengthen me slowly. So we can apply that to the Lord. Because if we, say we set ourselves that five-minute target. So let's, let's call our five-minute prayer our, our FTP, our prayer target. Of, I can't think of a cool acronym. I'm sure someone will. Um, but let's say that. So, but we don't just sit at our FTP because that's going to be too much for us over a long period of time. But we're also going to adventure into extinguishing parts. So it might be you're going to go for five minutes, but for 30 seconds you're going to really declare or you're going to take hold of something that it says in the word and declare it over the town, a bit like we were with the worship where we were taking that, the healing and the salvation. You're going to go, all right, for the next 30 seconds, I'm going to really declare that, really push, really speak out, really pray. And then probably by the end of that 30 seconds, you're probably going to be quite tired because you'll have outputted loads of energy. So then think, okay, now I'm going to have a minute of rest. So oh, just and go back into yourself, just praying, just thanking the Lord, maybe speaking in tongues. And then when that minute's up, think, actually, no, right, let's go. Let's pray into something else. Let's Because it doesn't need to be full gas all the time. Um, we can actually work on that kind of bit more interesting kind of way. And I kind of think the same way for work, working out, you're mixing all these different things in to keep it interesting and to help increase your fitness. Let's apply that to how we're putting Christ on. So if you're a pro and you've been doing this for ages... These really small periods aren't really going to be much for you. So, okay, let's up the intensity. Let's up the durations. So you're super loud declaring. Maybe you're doing that for like five minutes if you're really used to praying and that's not a problem for you. Or how about you cut down the rest periods? So one of the things my workout keeps making me do at the moment is it's giving me really short recovery times. So I'll be right at 160, 180 watts for... Uh, I'll tell you, the uh, one I did uh, this week. So I had to ride at 165 watts for four minutes. I then had to ride for another, another eight minutes at 140 watts. Now, 140 watts, if you don't remember, is zone two. So that's working. That's not, that's not poodling level, and that's definitely not recovery level. And what it was saying was, well, yeah, I know you've just done these four minutes at high intensity, but now we're going to make you recover while still under load to train your body to get that. So when we're training our body, we can do that. So we have to do that twice. Then it goes, oh, you know what? We're going to up the high intensity up to 185 watts. Excellent. So that's my zone four, heavy, heavy breathing. And then we're still going to make you do the eight minutes at 140. What? (laughs) But actually, after it, I felt great because I achieved something. Because there were small targets, I could see, right, and it was counting down. It was attainable. It wasn't at the start of it. It said, right, you are now going to cycle for an hour and a half today, and you're going to be cycling mostly in zone four. Because I probably wouldn't have done it, (laughs) to be quite honest. I would have gone, no. Yeah, that doesn't sound like fun. But because it was broken up, because it had this structure, because it had these small attainable goals, I did it. It was really easy. It was really fun. Well, I say fun. Because at the end, it decided to throw a curveball in. So I've been working out for over an hour at this point, at these, these levels. 
I'm feeling pretty tired. I've got a bit of a sweat on. I've been glugging my water bottles. I've got the fan on because I'm riding an indoor bike at the moment because the weather's a little bit dangerous uh, to be out cycling. Um, and it's like, oh, we're just going to turn up the notch for the last, the last couple of intervals. Oh, okay, excellent. Uh, the high is now going to be 260 watts. Now, if you remember earlier, my zone five, my all out is 200. <laughs> huh, okay, okay. So, luckily, you only had to do that for 30 seconds. So, okay, okay, yeah, that's fine. It then says, right, the low is going to be 115 for 30 seconds. So, okay, we'll, we'll get back into poodling ter territory. But trying to poodle after outputting 260 watts isn't that easy. And then I'm like, right, then it'll give me a rest. That'll be fine. No, no, no. You're going to do that five times. And then we'll give you a rest. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I did it. And then it goes, you know what? Let's do it again. <laughs> so well over an hour and a half of workout. And it was tiring. But it really hit me when I was saying, but how much has that given me and trained me? I know I can do that now. And we can apply that to how, when we're putting on Christ, when we're praying. You achieve praying for five minutes on a morning. Boom. You know you can do it. Do it again. Easy peasy. Add something different in. Add a more intense period in. Add a more focused period in. It doesn't have to get harder. It could be a more in-depth look where you're looking into a scripture and really trying to pull it apart and say, right, God, what are you saying to me in this? I should turn back to the page that's got my notes on rather than the page that's got my numbers on. That's why I'm talking so much about cycling. It's all I can see on my screen. Um, so... I was thinking, how do, we, how do we do this? How do we apply this? And I was looking into habit forming. And I was like, well, surely it be, kind of becomes a habit. if you, Because I get up every morning, uh, normally before six, to get up. And so it's kind of habitable. Even when I'm planning not to work up, I normally wake up uh, and then go back to sleep because I'm tired. Um, how does that work? And I was trying to think, I was thinking, oh, yeah, it's that stuff about the 21 days of doing something. And apparently that's all a myth, the whole 21 days of habit forming. Um, it's all about creating new electrical pathways in your brain uh, that is actually what it is. So I was looking at what, what was that and how can we um, create these habits if it's not just something, if it's not repetition. And what I found was really interesting. Um, there's actually three stages to making something into a habit. Um, the first phase is the honeymoon. Uh, Quite often referred to newlyweds, so it's the, the la la time. That oh, this is so amazing. Oh, we love each other. Uh, so the honeymoon bit—that's the easy bit. That's the bit where you've got all the motivation. That's the January of people who are going to the gym. You know, it's, oh, I've got all the inspiration. Let's go. Yeah, this is exciting. Then starts to feel a bit more difficult, and you kind of go, and you fall back. So the next stage is the fight through. Uh, that's that bit where that inspiration has dropped, and reality is set in that you've signed up to the gym for six months and you've only made it through month one and you're already faded uh, and it was talking about that when we're in the fight through we need to win two or three of these fights those points of where you want to give up um, to make it into the third stage which is it becoming second nature uh, something that you do you can just boom I can do this and I was like okay so and it was like what it was talking about was how you can equip yourself to get through that fight through. And the first one, which I thought was really key, was to recognize, recognize it. Recognize that you're in that place of fighting to make this happen. Because if you recognize it, you know if you win or you fail. 
And if you've recognized it, you can then equip yourself with a goal that is going to make yourself achieve it, which is mean you're going to win, which means you're going to be able to get into the second nature section. If you don't recognize it, you're not going to know that you've won or lost. And actually, once you build on the previous, it becomes easier and easier. The more wins you've got under the belt, the easier it's going to be to do the next one. I know I can sprint at 260 watts for 30 seconds. So when it comes up saying, right, you've now got to do it for a minute, it's not an instant loss. Because I know I can do it for 30 seconds. So it's actually, well, I can do that, and then I've just got to push myself for the extra 30 seconds. The second one uh, for the fight through is asking two questions. How will I feel if I do this? And the counter, how will I feel if I don't do this? So for some people, it might be, actually, if I do pray, how is that going to make me feel? Is that going to set my day up better? So it might be that you want to pray in the morning, or maybe you want to pray in your evening. Analyze it. Ask yourselves those questions. Okay, if I'm going to put on Christ at this time of 40 days, how is it going to make me feel? What is the objective that I'm trying to get to? What is the goal? And how is that going to make me feel internally? And also look at the opposite. How is that going to make me feel if I'm not doing it? Because then when you start feeling those feelings, you're going to know. And you're going to link back to the first one of recognizing. And you're going to be like, ah, yeah, I'm feeling like this. That's because I haven't prayed today. Or that's because I haven't done this today. I need to do that. Um, And the last one, well, actually linking into asking two questions. We need to bring our emotions and our spirit into this. Because if we just apply only head knowledge to it, it's not going to succeed. We need, God created us as an interworking being. We're not just, we're mind, spirit, soul, but they're all interconnected. And so we've got to use all of those parts of us to make this stuff happen. Otherwise, it's not going to. I mean, <laughs> I've been in church my entire life. So you could put me into any prayer meeting and I could look like I was praying. I've got that skill mastered. I could chunter along with the best of them. I could be thinking about what I had for dinner, but I would look amazing. Like, you know what I mean? But that's me just applying some bodily motions into it. I've not engaged my spirit. Um, so we've got to apply all of those parts to us to make this work. And the last one uh, for the fight through is life protection. Uh, this is the word that was in this document I was reading. I'm trying to think of a better way of putting it, but I couldn't. So we've left it as life protection. But it is that point of where you do think big picture. So what effect am I going to have long term? So I've got all my small efforts and all my small workouts that I'm doing with my cycling. My big life protection, my big goal is to lose some weight and be healthier. But that's not the thing that I'm focusing on every day when I'm doing it. I'm focusing on these little goals that I've got to achieve. But that is my master objective. So it might be over these 40 months, you say, actually, I want to really draw closer to God. And I want to know him in a much deeper way. That's an awesome big picture goal. But if you just walk into these 40 days with that, you're going to get lost. There's, there's no guidance there. There's no objectives there. There's no goals to drive you. There's no small little uh, hurdles that you can be like, yes, I've got here. Yes, I've got to this. Yes, I've succeeded in this. Oh, I did it like this today. Oh, that was amazing. I got carried away and I did twice as much as I was meant to today. Because if you haven't got any of that to recognize, you can't see when you've won. So you can't see when you're getting into that kind of second nature style. Um, it's like that kind of thing. If, what if we actually believed God, if prayer actually worked, we were talking about last year? 
how excited would we get to actually be doing it and achieving it? <clears throat> so then the last phase is second nature. So this is when you're really getting in the groove of it. Um, it's starting to feel a bit easier. So it might be that, yeah, I can get up, I can pray for five minutes, boom, that's easy, not, not a problem. So once you're hitting that stage, that's when you start thinking, okay, I need to start challenging myself again. That's like, so for me, when I'm doing the workouts, luckily I don't have to because it's a plan and it just keeps getting harder. <laughs> so I don't have to kind of think, oh, it's getting easy because it just keeps getting harder. Um, this next week, they sent me an email today telling me that they're going to do five sessions instead of the normal four. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> but actually, that's, that's great because it can knock me out of that kind of complacency because the complacency is what's going to knock us back. Um, it back into the fight through, and we're going to have to start again. We're going to have to get those victories again to be able to get back into that last layer. Um, there's three things again that knock us out of that. There's the discouragement monster. Oh, I think that's a great word. You can tell the children work in me for that. It's the enemy. It's that, that little voice inside our head saying, this isn't working. You can't do this. That five minutes you were meant to do, you only did four. Yeah, that first minute didn't count. You were, you were looking at your phone. You were getting your Bible out. You're rubbish at this. You can't do this. And that discouragement just hits you and pulls you back into that fight for can't do it. Disruptions can do it as well. Changing circumstances. It could be you got ill, so you weren't able to do your normal routine. It could be you went on vacation. Could it even be the weekend? Could mess up what you're doing and slip you back into that way of not doing it. Um, it could even be a crazy work schedule. And scheduling and fatigue. I had, a couple of weeks ago, um, my work has been insane. I've been pulling 50, 60 hour weeks for the last couple of weeks because uh, I had some big shows in, lots of rehearsals and different things. And I was so tired. I got, I remember there was one morning I got on my bike to do my workout. I literally made it through halfway and had to give up because I just could not finish it. I was that tired. And I, it was, uh, Gemma had actually phoned me while I was doing it. And I just said, I'm feeling really tired. I think I actually need to stop because this isn't actually beneficial to me at this moment in time. Um, but again, that links back into the recognizing in stage two. I recognized that I'd slipped back. And it wasn't anything, it wasn't my fault in one way. It's just I was physically tired. But because I'd recognized it, I could then be more focused to, right, tomorrow I'm not going to work out. I'm going to make sure I rest. <laughs> I'm going to make sure I eat well. I'm going to make sure I get all the right proteins into me, uh, the substances that are going to help my muscles grow. Then the next day, hit it hard again and analyzed it, got that victory, got back into the thing. And the last one is seduction of success. It's a good sentence, isn't it? Seduction. It's that becoming complacent that I mentioned before. It's that, oh, this is easy, this. I can do that. Oh, I, can, I can play drums and play, oh, it's easy. Don't even need to think about it. And you're not going to play them as well. You're not going to do it as well. Oh, I can, I can do that five minutes without even thinking about it. Hang on. Catch what you said there? Without even thinking about it? What did we talk about earlier? That all parts of us need to be involved in this mind, body, and spirit. So if you're doing this not thinking about it, actually, you've slipped right back. You've become complacent. You're not in that place of victory. You're not in that place of second nature. You've slipped back into the fight through, and you've not recognized that you're losing. So when we step out, into, when we step back into that fight through, again, we just need to be determined, win three more battles, and boom, we can advance back. Um, 
and this is where I was thinking about it, and I was looking at, and this is where I was looking a bit more in depth for habits and the psychology side of it and um, stuff, just to, just because I was interested. Um, and it was really interesting that, in one way, a habit actually never forms. It's a daily thing that never stops. And it just becomes easier, and your brain thinks about it less. So I thought it was really interesting, because the brain, way, the brain patterns are, so actually, when we're focusing on, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray, actually, every day that you're doing it is building. It's not actually, oh, well, this is easy now, I can do this, or I've achieved that goal. Actually, every day you've got to be training that. It's like if I didn't get on my bike for a month, all the progress I've been making over the last couple of months will disappear. I'm not going to be as fit as I was. I'm not going to be able to ride at the wattages that I was riding at. Um, and we're going to, so it's, it's that daily element that we need to be looking at. Just checking my time. Oh, I'm dragging on. My own schedule. Um, let me find my thing. So let's have a look at the Bible again, because that's always good. Because I've talked a lot, and I haven't said any words of God. So let's... Uh... <laughs> so... That's kind of the way I was looking at it. So recapping, just for you guys that were taking notes in case you missed any. Uh, so the three stages for forming is the honeymoon period, the fight through, where we've got to recognize, ask questions, and have that protection and big goal. And then there's the uh, last stage of second nature. And the things that can knock us back into the fight through are the discouragement monster, the enemy, disruption to our schedules, to our lives, to what's going on, and that seduction of success. Um, so we've, got, we've kind of got those tools now. I kind of think, like, okay, we've got these. We know this. We've got to recognize. We've got, we've got this plan of mixing stuff up. We've got these targets. We've got these little goals that we want to achieve. But how do we actually put Christ on in this period of Lent? I've given you tools and plans but actually, I've lifted quite a lot of that out of working out. But we can adapt the same skill sets and the same things to what we're doing. So how, how are we using those skills that we've just talked about into putting on Christ and making it something that's achievable? Um, and I think, yeah, let's read, we'll read uh, Galatians 5. So in Galatians 5, 6, it says, For in Christ Jesus... Neither being a Jew nor a Gentile is of any significance. All that matters is that you live a life of faith that is expressed in the life of love for God and others. So you might wonder why I'm reading that one out. But what hits me with that sentence is that bit right at the start where it says, For Jesus Christ, neither being a Jew nor a Gentile, is of any significance. He didn't care wasn't a problem that you were that person and this was that person and they were this person. You're all the same. We're all those chosen people. Remember in the first verse in Romans 7 where it said, God's purpose for you. We are all unique. So putting Christ on for all of us is going to be different. And it's not something that we should be comparing against somebody else for that success. It's, it should be something that is a goal that we have set for ourselves. Oh, that looks yummy, Callum. Um, it needs to be that 
that, yeah, that part where we set that goal for ourselves, for ourselves to achieve it. There's no point us being like, I want to do it like that, I'm going to do it like that. Like I mentioned with The Rock. There's no point me doing his workout plan, I'm not going to do it, I need to do my workout plan. Um, and it, it kind of, I was trying to think about that, and I was saying, well, okay, how does that work? How does that link in? Um, how do we be all that we can be? That kind of thing. And I was, I was reminded of um, the woman in the synagogue and her offering, uh, the widow's offering, I think it's called in this Bible. Let me find it. Uh, in Mark 12, 41, the widow's offering. Jesus sat down directly opposite the place where people placed their offerings. He watched them as they gave into the temple's treasury. Several of the wealthy threw in large amounts, often on the station. See, I don't like big words. Um, however, a poor widow came along and put in two of the cheapest copper coins worth far less than a penny. Jesus drew the attention of, to his disciples to this and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has really put more into the treasury than any of the others. They gave out of their ample resources, but despite her poverty, this widow put in everything she had to live on. So how's that linked to what putting on Christ? It's linking back to that personal aspect of it. It doesn't matter that Bob McGee just checking there wasn't any Bob McGee's in, is standing at the front declaring for two hours. It doesn't matter that he's in the prayer room every single night upstairs. Because it might be that you're a mum and you've got kids to put to bed. So there's no point comparing ourselves to that because it's a personal thing. It's, it's analysing what is achievable for you, what's in a goal that you can accomplish. There's no point of setting ourselves goals that we can't get to because we'll just fail and then we'll feel worse for it. That's no fun. There's no point me saying, I'm going to whack my FTP up to 300 watts like the pros. I, I'm never going to get there, I don't think, even if I really try, like, because I'm not a pro cyclist. I don't have the time to go cycling all day long like they do. Um, but actually, what... My big objective, my life protection as we talked about it, is that losing a bit of weight and just being healthier. So how we so we need to kind of come up with those ideas for ourselves rather than thinking this is what I've got to attain. Um, and I think they, Brian's gonna talk about this leaf a little bit later, and this has got some really great tools in it for like ways that you can do that, um, and little suggestions and little things. But Apply it to yourself. Don't just think, oh, well, it says I've got to do this, and I've got to do this on this day. If that doesn't work for you, do it at a different time. But do it at a different time. You've got to make that plan, work it out. So in my workout plan, I get set these different workouts. It never says what day I have to do that workout on. I can do them in any order I want. The only thing it does is by... Wednesday night, you need you to, to achieve this workout that I gave you on Monday. It gives me a new workout on Thursday. You need to achieve this by Sunday night. That's the, the limitations of it. Um, and actually, I can plan at what time of the day I cycle, when I cycle, 
um, how long I actually want to cycle for. I can do the workout, but I could then carry on going if I wanted to. Um, but I've got to do it, and it, it gets a little bit grumpy at you if you don't achieve them, um, which is kind of good because it, it helps you kind of be focused and driven to do it. So that's kind of how I see this. Like it's that it's that structure, that guide that you can look and apply to your work, what you're doing, and be like, yeah, I can achieve that. That's my goal. That's what I want to do, and it will work. Hopefully, some of this has made sense. We've all gone very quiet, so that either means you're all really busy writing because I've said some amazing stuff, which obviously I have. Uh, <laughs> but I really hope that 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 kind of idea has got through to you. I've shared quite a lot, lot about me and what I'm saying because that's how I process information and what I'm doing. And quite often when I see God doing stuff, it's because of something that's going on in me at the moment. So at the moment, the working out is a big thing that I'm doing. Um, I'm sacrificing sleep to get on the bike and ride. I'm then going out for a full day's work. It gets me tired, but I'm like, no, this is, this is what I'm trying to do. So, but what I saw was those little change those little attainable goals is what's encouraging me to do it. Because I've tried to work out in the past. I've been riding my bike for a fair few years now, but never to the level that I am now because it's those small attainable goals that are really helping drive me. And it just, God was just really ringing it out to me, saying, well, apply this to every area. It doesn't have to just be in your cycling. Make everything a small attainable goal. And actually, I was starting to even think about my uh, work life and going, Actually, I already do that because if I need to make that work, I know that I need to get this. That's one goal. Right, I've achieved that. I need to plug it in. Right, I've done that. And I need to have done X, Y, Z. Actually, everything we do is small attainable goals, but we just don't think of it in that way. But I found with the working out and then applying this to putting on Christ, actually, if we apply that much smaller perspective to it of going to do this. Even like the silly little times I was mentioning of saying, you're going to declare for 30 seconds. If you, that's something you've never done before, and it's really daunting, and someone says, right, we're going to declare right now, it could just be really scary. That could be like me saying, right, get on the bike, you're going to cycle at 260 watts. It's just like a, a no. But actually, we make that, actually break that down. Right, for the next 10 seconds, you're going to do this. For the next 30 seconds, you're going to do this. It might be that that system doesn't work at all for you. Okay, fine. It's not a problem. Take out of this what you think will work. For me, I think it's something that's really uh, helpful and something that I uh, really enjoyed doing um, and hopefully will continue to see myself get better. Who knows? I might even get my FTP up. Um, but it's that thing of let's analyze what we're doing over these next 40 days. Rather than stressing out about, oh, I need to stop eating, I need to not eat this, or I need to not do this, and oh, I've got to give this up. And Let's focus on the God part. I, I think it's awesome if you can fast, and if that's something that you feel that you want to do, and that's a way that you can kind of tell your brain to, this is when I'm going to focus. Awesome. Go for it. Really encourage you. If you think that's just something I can't do, like for me, I, I physically can't wouldn't be able to do it. Um, just focus on the putting God part on. Focus on like Elle. I don't care that she had a biscuit and that she watched some TV. I care that she did read her Bible in the evening and that she still is reading her Bible in the evening. She's continued on the putting God on. 
Because if we focus on that failure aspect, what are we going to do? We're going to fail. Focus on the small positive gains, those small victories that are going to help you build on what is Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.